and welcome to episode 407 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Clarence Moy, and I am joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. See, it's just like riding a bike. Megan, we'll start with you. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. Joseph? Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. I can't. I'm, I'm very excited to see your amazing Technicolor dream code. Uh, and again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. And uh, when I said it's just like riding a bike, listeners, it's a in joke because um, I did not include the fifth, the five previous takes that it took to get this going, <laughs> which is strange considering we I read the same script every week. But uh, there we go. Hey guys, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Thank you for asking. It's it's uh, it's been a month today, so. I um, am almost done with dry January, so I'm very excited because this month has been it has been a long month and it's been kind of a rough month where there have been so many times where I've wanted to drink, <laughs> but I haven't. And I'm really proud of myself, whether I was at parties or just had a bad day. So I am excited to just hit the bottle hard. On <laughs> yeah. <day>. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the uh it's not the groundhog that will see his shadow as will Megan come out of the bottle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> six, six more weeks to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, hopefully everybody had a good weekend. Did anybody do anything particularly interesting? I did not, so I'm living vicariously. Uh I had a RuPaul's drag race um party. I went to one on Saturday. We watched um, I, some of my friends got together, watch, watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and then also watch Milk Manor. <laughs> oh, God. Which is, um, I'm still into it, still into it. Um, and then uh, on, on Friday night, I, my company that I work for has, they have their holiday party in January. So that was kind of cool, even though that was a test for me because they had like um, alcohol uh, slushies, like uh, mm. snow cones and stuff. And I didn't have any. But I drank the new Sierra Mist that's coming out called Starry with some cherries in it. And it was really good. It's like a Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah, basically. Not the <laughs> grenadine. Yeah. yeah, it's the grenadine. Yeah. My daughter loves Shirley Temples and she was so upset that uh, we didn't have any grenadine in the house. Not like I kept it, but I ended up ordering some from Amazon and it came today. Oh, now I might do that. That's a good idea. Shirley Temples all around everybody. Yes. <laughs> um. Joey, I know you saw, you went to the theater and you saw six. Yeah, that show was fucking great. Um, I think it's coming to Pittsburgh, Megan. If you want to come see, go see, come see it, it's on there. Go see it. It's, uh, people that don't know what it is, it's a one-act musical. You know how, like, how much of a boner I get for movies that are 90 minutes. This show was 80 minutes long. Um, it is a one-act musical about the six wives of Henry VIII. Um, and it is basically, um, they're competing with each other to see who has like the saddest story, but each one of the wives is modeled after a pop diva, if you will. Um, so it's sort of like, uh, sort of like a, an answer to, um, I guess it would be in the same vein of Hamilton a little bit, but not really. It's sort of, it, it was great. It was a great, great show. I've been, a, I've listened to music a couple of times before, but I don't remember the last time I had such a good time seeing a musical. So I was really thrilled to see it. So if it comes to your town, it's touring now, folks. 
Uh, that's awesome. That's really great. Excellent. Uh, I have not, I have heard of it, but I have not seen it. So I will have to check it out. And uh, being um, 80 minutes is a huge plus. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so this week we are going to uh, once again revisit The Last of Us, which um, as we are recording, many on the internet are recovering using smelling salts, you know, going to therapy to try to Devastated. find, yes, they're finding new ways to, to recoup or regroup after um, what was marketed as the best hour of television that has ever been created. Um, sorry, I, I'm, that's a lot of that is sarcastic, <laughs> but, uh, but you're not wrong though, because that yeah, is no, it's, what it's, people were saying online. Yeah. The, um, the hyperbole of a lot of things lately has gotten way out of control. And I, I just have to think that people are just starved for attention, uh, not starved for attention, but they're starved for, um, more media, more content. Like they've seen everything already. So, you know, they, I don't know. We'll get into this in just a second. And then our main topic is an actual new series, uh, Poker Face, um, written and directed, or at least the pilot, uh, written and directed by Ryan Johnson of Knives Out fame and starring Natasha Leone of the gutter fame, no, <laughs> of, uh, of Russian doll fame. Um, and of course, we'll close with the media, uh, with the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. I'm going to stop talking now so that other people can uh, <laughs> talk and, and our listeners can enjoy this podcast. So, uh, Joey, why don't you lead us um, through, uh, catch us up on The Last of Us? Sure. So, um, <laughs> that's very loud. What? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. I will do that. Um, so, so episode three aired. I was very curious because I didn't watch episode two and I didn't, I knew that Murray Bartlett was in it before the show aired. And then I would forgotten about it. And I knew Nick, Off, Nick Offerman was on the show, but I had forgotten about it. And then the world started freaking out because episode three, you can like me, if you're curious, take a detour back into the show, or you can just watch it separately. So from what I understand, these two characters are side characters in the video game, but this episode fleshes it out a little bit more. So Nick Offerman is this guy who's living in the basement, sort of um, like doomsday prepared to the nth degree. And then Murray Bartlett is a man who, uh, uh, I guess, stumbled onto his property and they essentially fall in love and you see their relationship progress in like three year intervals. And um, I mean, I can understand why people were freaking out about it. I think it's actually like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a well-directed episode. It's, you know, gave you all the feels. It, uh, like I saw people saying it was like the first 15 minutes of up, but gay and with death <laughs> um, it's direct I mean I think I mean I really liked it but I do I, I think it's a strong episode I saw people were saying you know it's the you know it's the first great episode of television of 2023 um, and fine like I, I don't think it's bad whatsoever but it's a really strong example of like alright guys chill out <laughs> it, it's sort of like I feel like a lot of the 
reaction is more about than the reaction than it is about breaking down a lot of details about it. It's directed by Peter Hoare, who actually, I didn't know this until the episode was over. He won a BAFTA for It's a Sin, a show that I was crazy about last year, um, which dealt with the AIDS epidemic in the UK um, in the 80s. Um, so you can sort of see directorially, if you will, you know, the parallels of that. Um, I will say a couple of things like, no, we don't get to see a lot of, um, clear representation in, you know, doomsday zombie, whatever. But I did think (laughs) this is the very cynical part of me. The first thing that I will say is, um, uh, they make out before they realize who each other's names are, what each other's name is. So I said, that's actually very honest in terms of gay shit. So that's good. The other thing, I guess, if people don't want to get spoiled, I guess they can probably guess what happens. Um, cover your ears for the next minute and a half, but, uh, they both die in the house. Um, for, I won't reveal how they both die, but at one point you see Bella Ramsey's character and Pedro Pascal's character come back to the house because Pedro Pascal's character knew Nick Offerman. And I really wanted someone to say, Oh, it smells like death and poppers. <laughs> That's what I really wanted someone <laughs> to say. And no one said that. Um, so, um, I can understand why people really like the episode, but I think like I was scrolling through stuff last night when it was airing airing and if i saw the word devastated one more time and i was like chill out it's good it's really really good and i i have to say like for the record like i liked the last of us the first the first episode that i watched and i really like this episode and i will go back and watch episode two but it's also i don't know this is one of those things where the craziness online is making me like okay cool hope you're having fun i don't want to no. <laughs> megan what did you think I felt, um, I I agree with what you said, Joey. I think, I think it's like, I mean, it hits on a a lot of emotional beats. I I think that the, um, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett are great in it. The direction's great. I felt though emotionally manipulated the whole time. Like you could see where this is going. Um, you, like, I just felt like, okay, I see what they're doing. I, I feel like, um it it was kind of cheesy to me it felt very cheesy to me and also had nothing to do with any of the rules really of the plot that we've i i I guess i i would say that it feels like an episode that should have come in the second season not the first season you're still like setting the tone of the show that like what the plot is and what's going on and this is the third episode i was kind of surprised this was the third episode it's almost like i don't want it's like a bottle episode but it's like it's an episode that that is goes off the tracks of the focus. And I just found that weird. And I found it emotionally manip- manipulative. And I know I'm going to get the letters for this. I'm prepared for this. Um, also, I thought like, you were an ally. <laughs> I also saw people tweeting that, like, like, someone said they wanted a whole prequel, like, of just their story. I'm like, you got we it. We saw like, the whole story. You saw it <laughs> last night. Like, that's... Like once the the episode started doing the like, and then three years later, and then two years later, that's when I was kind of like, okay, uh, like I don't, I don't know. I feel like they could have, we didn't really need to see that maybe necessarily, or just show that through, um, through through like the maging. But also, I was also confused by how they deteriorate deteriorate so fast at the end, and I wasn't sure what was going on. 
Um, that like, cause they didn't seem that old and I, I didn't know if that had something to do with the virus or whatever, but, um, that, that threw me, but, um, but I also was like, yeah, we don't need any more from these characters. They did a great job, like for what they are. I, these people who were like, I want to see more of them. It's like, no, like that's it. And, um, I do think people were, I don't know. I think I just found it emotionally manipulative. I just found that's basically what I kept thinking the whole time. You raise a very interesting point in that it is later in a series after we have, you know, a story established characters really established, you know, beyond more than two episodes. It is usually later in the series where we get tangents like this. Um, but uh, so I was surprised to see that this is sort of what's what was going on. Um, but it, it the the gamble seems to have paid off, at least for um online viewers yeah i definitely think i mean i guess that i will say the final scene of the episode is is really good but i didn't realize that was like part of the game and that was that was something um i i just wonder how this will play like if i'm a a, an emmy voter and i'm watching this i'm gonna be like so wait what's the deal what's like this is just the story of two people meeting like in the apocalypse. I don't, it really has nothing to do with the main point. And that's what I thought was kind of weird about it. And also I really do struggle with this show. I really wanted to watch this episode because everybody was saying like, this is the one to watch. That's so good. But I, I can't help but watch it and just feel like, Oh, I'm going to get letters for this. It feels redundant. It feels like we've seen this before with, with the zombie like stuff. I, I just feel like it feels like the walking dead so much to me. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking that, um, I mean, everybody's, if, if, if people are happy about this show, that's great. I'm happy. You're happy. But I just, uh, I just keep thinking about how much it reminds me of, happy. yeah, I'm happy. You're happy. If you're enjoying it, that's great. But I, people who are like saying oh, it's nothing like the walking dead, I just tell me, show me how it's nothing like the walking dead. Like I, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, because I, again, I haven't seen this episode or episode two yet, but, um, you know, I had heard so much and, and so much of the initial episode is dedicated to humans and the human conflict, which is a bit different from The Walking Dead, because at least, you know, 15% of that episode, 15, 25% of each episode of The Walking Dead was was zombies attacking or some zombies mauling somebody. But um, then that kind of does happen in episode two, I hear, where they have a like zombie creatures who, who have echolocation, who can only hear sound or something like that. Um, I don't know if either of you. I didn't see the second episode, but I predicted who was killed in it just by the headline that I saw. And I got it right. Like (laughs) that happened really fast too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of like, okay, well that's who I thought it was. And (laughs) I'm going to mess it. I'm going to message you and you can tell me. I'm right. Okay. I thought you would have figured it out from the episode. I figured that's what it was. I, I I I guessed from from something that happens on episode three, but I was like, maybe it's maybe it's something um, that we didn't know about yet. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I even saw a lot of people online tweeting about how uh, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett were going to both win Emmys for this. Yes, and I saw that that's too. not going to happen because they're going to be guest actors because they're only in one episode, as far as I know. Right. Let's talk about how the work. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, it's it's you know we do get 
you know, for those of us who have followed BMEs for several years, we we do get frustrated when people who are maybe bored with the Oscar race or, or bored with film all of a sudden just dip the toe in the Emmy pool and they're all of a sudden they don't understand how things work there. It's very different um, than the Oscar race for sure. Anyway, um, all right, well, we'll keep going. I will catch up to it eventually and uh, we'll keep plugging away at The uh, Last of Us and um, we'll see where it goes and see if it merits all of the critical hosannas. <laughs> all right, um, let's jump to our main topic, which is uh, Ryan Johnson and Tasha Leone's Crime of the Week series, Poker Face. Uh, Megan, why don't you sort of orient us into the world of Poker Face? Sure. So Natasha Leone stars as Charlie Kale, and she's this woman who works at a casino and she's um, known for being able to, she's like the human lie detector and um, the boss there kind of puts her there. Um, well, which didn't she do something illegal? And so he's kind of like um, hiding her, not hiding her there, but like, I won't tell anybody if you work for me type of thing. Is that what it, is that how no, it works? No, she didn't do anything illegal. She, uh, she started doing a small circuit of lower level poker games and was always winning because okay. of her ability. She can tell when people are bluffing. So she's basically made a living out of winning these poker games and making money. So um, she got found out. And instead of trying to, this this was a little unclear to me, a little fuzzy to me. Instead of like killing her or something like that, the the owner of the casino ended up employing her and right. making and, and having her work in the casino as a a bartender essentially or a, a cocktail waitress. Um, so I didn't understand exactly what their justification was for doing that, giving her a job there. Why? Because she had been blackballed from all like poker circuits because apparently poker players are like uh ladies at a sitting at a knitting a knitting circle they gossip <laughs> and so she, she i kind of wondered if she she was like this weapon that he was sitting on until he could use her almost like or do you think that was possible i don't know i think i think so I think okay so. um so then uh the the guy who we haven't met yet but his son is adrian brody and adrian brody definitely wants to um, use her skills, but he's also um, uh, doing some bad things that she's onto. I I I wasn't sure where um, I wasn't sure what to expect with this show. With with um, I thought it was going to be like a crime of the week, but um, I didn't realize that it, she's kind of on the run by the end of the episode. Um, but I I think it's I think it's really cute and um, it definitely has the elements of R Ryan Johnson of the way he like sets things into motion and and writes characters that are very perceptive which she's very perceptive and it's kind of fun seeing that but I kept wondering if will people like this show knowing that we're ahead of her in the details sometimes um, but I I I've had fun with it I I was a little bit slow at first. But um, by the end of it, I was kind of like, oh, I would like to see more of it. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it too. I'll just jump in. Um, yeah, go ahead. It's uh, it's it was entertaining. Um, I you know an hour each episode maybe a bit much because I do think the pacing was a little bit laggy, maybe around the 30, 45 minute mark. Um, and I also think it it is a curious choice. You already you just mentioned this, Megan, but I, I will agree with you. It's a curious choice to at least in the pilot episode, which is the only one I've seen. I will watch more. 
but uh, in the pilot episode, revealing the mystery and the 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 uh, the, the killer within the first five ten minutes, like that, just yeah. kind of doesn't. I mean, there's no there's no mystery into it, and and so you know, if you're looking at echoing sort of the Columbo or um, Murder She Wrote or you know whatever else serials like this, which, you know, also had sort of an overall arcing um, plot, but um, it was a basically murder of the week show. You, you need that kind of mystery. I think you need to not know everything that she doesn't know. If that yeah. Cause if, at first mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be, that was going to be the thread of the, the, the season that she's as she pieces things together, but she pieces everything together pretty fast. Um, so it makes me wonder, but I mean, I trust Ryan Johnson. I think, I mean, he does that with his movies. He's revealed things like with knives out. He reveals a lot of key elements within the, where you think, Oh, everything is, is pretty much locked up. Like we know what's what happens, but then we don't. So he does tend to have a lot of um, tricks up his sleeve. Sure. Joey, what did you think? I've seen two. Um, I, I think, I think what Ryan Johnson's strongest asset is, um, is that you can sort of tell, uh, or you sort of can't tell what the, what the actor is implying with characterization and what the writing supplies. I think he's like a really great, um, I think the reason why people love the Knives Out movies is because I think he draws characters very, very well. And this having Natasha Leone is like such a strong anchor because she is such a, she's like a presence on screen. Uh, even if it's sort of just like who she is, like if it's a Natasha Leone type, um, I think it's really strong. Um, I think, I, mean, I don't know if this is where the show is going, but I've seen episode two. Um, I've seen two episodes and you sort of, do you get to see the mystery before she does sort of like what you said again, but I think it's sort of going to become, and I could be totally wrong. I feel like it's going to become almost like a rat race style thing because in the episode two, not to spoil anything, I'll talk very much in generics is that it's um, a, a stop along the way. And then we get to see another death happen and because she is in the certain area, she can't go anywhere else. And other people from the first episode show up by the end of episode two. So I'm wondering if it just sort of like snowballs the entire time. I mean, we have four episodes that are available on Peacock now. But I mean, I think if anything, even though I thought the I thought the pacing was slow, um, because I thought, oh, surely I'm three-fourths of the way through the episode. And I was like, you're on minute 21. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. Um, but I, I wonder if <laughs> these uh, if these just become, at least for me, every episode was like, oh, I know you, I know you, I know you. And it just becomes like a big ensemble thing every episode. Because episode two has um, Colton Ryan, who is in... Um, God, who was in The Girl from Plainville. Hong Chow is in it. Um, uh, Megan Surrey, who's from a small movie called Dramarama that I really like. And then Brandon Michael Hall, who was on like Search Party and Godfriend of Me and The Mayor. 
So I don't know if it's, I mean, at least for me, it's also very entertaining because you get all these like actors and tiny, tiny parts that pop up and get to sort of, I guess, along, along the same lines of The Last of Us. Guest Emmys all around. <laughs> Everyone. Well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, I definitely am going to keep watching too. Although I just, I just went onto Wikipedia just to look and see um, who gets murdered each time. And I had to go to episode four where it was not a minority that gets murdered. Like, oh god, it's, it's really weird. The first three episodes, it's it's uh, um, actually this guy may be uh, Hispanic <laughs> in episode four. Um, strange that that uh, that choice is being made. Yeah. Hmm. I will say that Natasha Leone is um she's so funny and she um she doesn't yeah. age. She doesn't age. She still looks no. like a teenager. Like at points I was like, I can't believe you're like 43 years old or 44 years old. Like you look like a teenager. I do think anytime that we talk about Natasha Leone, we have to complete our thoughts and sentences with a Natasha Leone impression. Like <laughs> You're like, so let's talk about Natasha. Yeah. Oh, God. She's great. She doesn't age. Look at her hair. Maybe she needs a wig. Oh, God. So anyway, Ryan Johnson's writing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about here. I don't think you guys do very well. <laughs> <laughs> she's very good in this, um, but yeah, she's she very is. Natasha Leone in this, right? I mean, Yeah, she's adorable. I mean, when you first see her, she's waking up in a trailer and she looks like she's been on a bender. Well, of course she has. And then she gets outside and she's got a cooler and a lawn chair. And of course she does because she's Natasha Leon. The only thing she doesn't do in this episode is smoke, um, which feels off. Miss, missed opportunity. Yeah, missed no. opportunity. What if she was just like, I want to try something different. I don't yeah. want smoke. And Ryan Johnson's like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not the direction I was going to I mean, you can definitely, you know, one thing that I'm fi I find pretty amusing with the reaction to the show, and it has gotten <clears> great <throat> reviews, but um, I, maybe I'm just nitpicking a little bit, but I did feel like at the end of the pilot episodes, the the killers make an, an odd choice to, <laughs> to complete, like, she has basically told them exactly everything that has happened because she's finally figured it out. And they make, they, they leave the room and try to go save their, their plan to essentially flee somebody. And I'm like, why would they leave her all alone? And why right. would she follow them up to the hotel room to find out what they're going to see? Like, why wouldn't she? It just, I thought the same thing. Yeah. It, the, the plotting isn't a hundred percent. But it's a fun, fun show. Ryan Johnson is very good. You, you've both mentioned this. He's great with characters. And, you know, everybody in the show is um, is interesting. And, it, you know, and I definitely will follow her through uh, 10 episodes of this, um, which is saying a lot because I'm not a huge fan. So, yeah. Um, anything else on Poker Face? P -p -p Poker Face. I know. I was going to say, I was waiting for that to be the song. No, I think it's, I think it's, I'll keep watching too. And I, I, um, so are there only two episodes that have been released to the public or four. four? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I need to catch up, but yeah. And so why is it called poker face? Because she has, um, she, she can read people cause she has a poker face where they can't read her. 
Oh, okay. Because I, I never yeah. thought in the pilot not being able to read her is a part of the story because she's very transparent with what she, you know, you're lying, you're not, you know. It, I guess, never, but she... Maybe she can read everybody else's poker face. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. And she works at a casino. Yes. (laughs) We did it! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they kind of like, okay, so they dropped four episodes, and then from now on, it's only one episode a week. So I guess if everyone loves the show so much, or anybody's only seen one or two, pace yourselves, because it's not like they're going to even do the what HBO Max has been doing, dropping two a week. Um, So, slow down real fast. (laughs) It's funny, though, there's... um, in the streaming wars, Peacock has definitely, they've gotten a lot more buzz than I think they've ever had before. Yeah. Um, Between this and uh, Bumper being their highest um, rated, Bumper in Berlin is their highest or, rated show. Or there was that reality show that people seem to love too. Oh, The, the Traders? I'm yes. dying to watch that. Your buddy need- Bowen Yang was talking about it on some show. Oh, I need to watch it too. I've heard a lot of people like it. It sounds crazy. And it's hosted by Alan Cumming. Yeah. I saw someone say, someone was just like, oh, Alan Cumming's coming for that reality competition host Emmy because of his outfits. Oh my God, please. (laughs) Like anybody wakes up in the morning and says, I really want to steal RuPaul's uh, reality show host (laughs) Emmy. What was that? Um, did anybody uh, anybody watch that that murder mystery reality show? Who done it? Uh, Which one? Yeah. Okay, it was a reality show. It was only it was only on for like one season. So it was a bunch of people that were trying to. It was basically you know that board game Thirteen Dead and Drive. That's what it reminded me of. But it was everyone in this like big mansion, and you know, really cheesy puns abound. But like. Oh my God! Somebody has been murdered, and everybody that's on the show has to guess the circumstances of the death. And the person who like gets it wrong the most ends up being the next victim. Oh, oh. I don't remember. Um, oh my God! I gotta see if it's on because it, it'll be the ten year anniversary of it coming from the summer. Maybe I have to do a rewatch. But uh, that's what reminds me. The only thing about the traders that puts me off it was just like it's reality stars, like Real Housewives and blah blah blah. I was like, I don't care about those people. Shut up. Not just those people. Like, I know some people who listen to this podcast love Real Housewives, but I, I'm i just saying reality show people. Like, put Shangela on the traders. That'd be great. Or, like, someone like Bianca Del Rio. I don't know. Shangela is too big for the traders. That could be. She was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes. Um, no, I've never seen that reality show, but I have seen the reality show, and I cannot remember <laughs> the name of it. Um, where that ABC had about six months ago, where um, it was siblings or relatives of stars, and you had to figure out who these people were related to, and they were all oh my house, god, like that it sounds, was Big Brother. That sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them was Martin Luther King's daughter or granddaughter. Oh. Another one was like, um, uh, I can't remember. That sounds was, awful. And I watched Milf Manor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I see your MILF manner and raise you a thousand pound sisters. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And I also watch thousand pound best friends too. The Clarence, cool, what is what is, the what is the, Clarence, what is the show that you've been watching with Jesse Buckley? Oh, oh, I stopped that watching because it got really boring. <laughs> uh it's I do anything. That's what it's called. Um, and that was a 2007 or 2008 British uh, reality show. It's basically the American Idol of the UK. Oh. But instead of um, getting a recording contract, you got to play Nancy in the uh, Cameron McIntosh's revival of Oliver. Wow. And Jesse Buckley was an 18-year-old uh, runner-up. Wow. And I, I, the first episode is fantastic. It's just, it's so stupid and wonderful. Um, but then it, it kind of, I thought they were going to sing each week. They were going to, they were going to stay in like theater songs, but they, yeah. they were singing like bad covers of like uh, Dusty Springfield songs and stuff. And I was just like, I can't watch eight episodes of this. <laughs> so, um, but uh and then they get together and on the the live show, the 30-minute reveal show, they get together and they do a, a Nancy-based number from uh, Oliver, which is funny because I think she only has like three numbers in the show. Um, so they must do them over and over and over again. Oh and uh, they have Andrew Lloyd Webber as a guest judge and they have referred to him on the show as the Lord. <laughs> so these at one point all these girls are nervous in this room and they're waiting to find out and the and the uh, i think it's graham norton that hosts it and he goes and just when the ladies weren't expecting it in walks the lord and i'm thinking jesus christ just walked in <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber. oh god uh it was uh <laughs> when i started watching it when I found out it existed, I immediately started watching it because it's available on YouTube. And I texted Joey and I said, they just interviewed a real bartender. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what this lady was there. It was like Angela Badminton, real bartender. <laughs> <laughs> and they walked Bad. around London and everybody had an opinion of Nancy and Oliver. And I'm like, okay, these weren't plants at all. <laughs> Anyway, I didn't sorry. see you there. Let me tell you why. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry I took us down this weird tangent, but uh, <laughs> here we go. But we were talking about Poker Face. So, uh, any uh, any other further commentary on Poker Face? No. No. Uh, and so we did talk about this right before we started recording. I think this probably gets campaigned in the comedy categories, which I think will be, um, it'll suit it well even though I don't think it's particularly funny, but I didn't think the bear was funny either, but there we go. I think it's funny. I think it has, she's funny. Like I, yeah, I she's funny. And I think who's funny, Megan. That's N Natasha Leone. <laughs> 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 um, I think she's funny. Like I, it, like it's, it's almost like a she's like a Woody Allen character. Um, once again, I'm getting canceled left and right, but she, you know how Woody Allen always plays himself. That's what yeah. she does, and she excels at it. And it's funny to watch her, like, figure things out. And, um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's a comedy in that way, the fact that everybody around her is kind of serious, but she's not. That's fair. I, um, I definitely feel like she is the reincarnation of um, Columbo in this, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Just a lot less smoke. 
All right, let's move to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And Joey, we will start with you. Sure. Um, Don't act like you didn't know this was coming. Oh, no. Oh, wow. I can't believe it. Um, (laughs) I am excited to see um, Knock at the Cabin, which I'm not jealous at all of everyone that got invited to go to uh, a screening to James. Not at all, not one bit. I'm actually also reading the book that it's based on, The Cabin at the End of the World. Let's see if I see the movie or finish the book first. Um, And then I want to catch up on the traders. Obviously, Drag Racing, you know, the 12 minutes that Drag Race is on every week now. Um, And then there's a movie coming to a small theater near me called Baby Ruby. Uh, oh, that was at TIFF, and I didn't get a chance. To, I think you and I went to brunch instead, and I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, star, starring, um, I don't want to on her name, Naomi. Uh, the girl from um, my um, Jumbo. Yes. Um, yes. From Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, yes. It's, you know, about a vlogger and influence. Na- Naomi Merlant. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, she unravels um, with about a postpartum depression. So, you know, not intense at all. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Excellent. Megan? Um, I am looking forward to, obviously, Milf Manor, one, the 1,000-pound sisters and best friends. Um, you know, I mean, everybody's got to find their own... Who am I to say that The Last of Us that I think we could be watching better things when I'm watching these things? Um, so my apologies. I want to have a take back that I, that I said that, um, I also saw, see this Netflix reality docuseries called Gunther's Millions about the world's richest dog, um, which sounds interesting to me. I would also like to see Cabin, uh, knock at the cabin, but I'm a little afraid because I did read the spoilers because I was, um, I'm like, I don't know if I can handle this and I don't know if I can handle it. So I'm going to have to have Joey watch it first and report back. Um, also, I'm really excited because at work tomorrow, it's, we're doing a take your dog to work day. So I'm going to take Mr. Wilson. And, um, so he's got to put on his little necktie and everything. Um, oh, my God. And um, oh, and I've been listening to Daisy Jones and the Six in preparation for the Amazon limited series, um, which I feel like given everything that's happened to poor Riley Keough and her her family, oh, yeah. what they've gone through, I feel like she's really going to have a breakout year with this role. Um, just, just because I feel like she's been somebody who's been under the surface for a long time. And like, um, you know, she's there, she does these great performances, but I feel like this could be really a big breakout for her. Everybody watches Zola. She's great in Zola. Which one? Zola. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh my god, that movie is sorry. Love it. You would like it. She she goes like, ooh, she goes for it. Make some choices. Excellent. Um, movie wise, uh, I did get a screener this morning to to Leslie, even though it's I could rent it, but I'm not going to because I have a screener. So I will be watching that uh, at some point this week. I also want to see um. The cabin movie, uh, what? Knock at the, the cabin. cabin. <laughs> That's what we call it, the cabin movie. I um, thought you were gonna say, "I got a screener to knock at the cabin." It was like, "You're not." No, 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 no. But uh, I might wait for that one on Peacock. I don't know. We'll see. Depends on what this weekend looks like. 
Um, TV-wise, I have uh, um, embarked on a succession rewatch with my wife, who has never seen the show. So we're, uh, we started with episode one last night, um, and hopefully we'll finish that before I finish Game of Thrones for the third time. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, books, I just started, uh, everyone in my family has killed someone by Benjamin Stevenson and it's very funny tongue in cheek and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Have you started oh. it yet, Joey? No, I think after I read Knock at the Cabin, I might read it. I, uh, looks good. I don't think there's anything gay in it though, so it might break your streak. Uh, well, it's a- he won't read it. <laughs> <laughs> It just like evaporates in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right, does that cover it? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy. Thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. Also subscribe to the Awards Daily YouTube channel. And we are all wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow.